0: The OHL annual gala is happening on uh, November the 23rd in New York City. Everybody is uh, encouraged to participate. Uh, you may recall we had an amazing conversation last week, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point, about uh, Mrs. Miriam Lubling. By the way, that conversation inspired some people to get involved in Beaker Holm. We heard that directly, uh, which was an amazing benefit and byproduct of that conversation. And uh, she, of course, will be recognized posthumously at the... Uh, at the dinner on the 23rd of November. New format, by the way. There'll be a buffet dinner followed by the program. Uh, There are many distinguished honorees that night, and as we've been telling you for the last couple of days, today we get the chance to meet Mr. Abraham Banda. Mr. Banda is the founder and owner of Pomegranate. Uh, No doubt, uh, everyone must agree, a store that has been a revolutionary store and really a revolutionary concept in the Jewish and kosher world. Uh Abraham Banda is uh, described as an innovative entrepreneur and community leader. He's the owner of Pomegranate. And on the night of November 23rd, David Mandel, who's in our studio, and everybody at OHEL will be presenting to him the Community Partnership Award. First, David Mandel, welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Good morning, Nachum. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I just want to give a shout-out to a good friend, Penny Shapiro, who tells me that he listens to you every single morning. Well, thank you, Penny. I
0: hope there's a million others like you. And Abraham Bando, welcome to JM in the AM.
2: Thank you, Noem, for
0: having me once again. It's a With pleasure me. to have you here. We've met before. We and, have met uh, before. We've had some great experiences together. And today I get to ask you any question I wish.
2: I think you uh, were once at uh, Pomegranate, doing a show in Pomegranate. I has been was. a while. Pomegranate,
0: Pomegranate's what, six years old? Does that Six make sense? years, yes. It's Summer. six years. Yes. So somewhere in the, in the area of the first year we came out, and participated in a big celebration. And you know how to draw a crowd. <laughs> you know how to draw a crowd, not just Erev Shabbat and Erev but you know how to draw a crowd Sunday through Thursday. They, everyone seems to gravitate to pomegranate. Now, in, in the business sense, you know, take care of some of these curiosities that I have. In the business sense, going in, you knew that this was like any business any business venture a big risk right how would the community how would the kosher consumer react to i don't know a state of the art very high end you know never before seen type of supermarket what gave you the the uh, i don't know the nerve the wherewithal the the courage to go ahead with a project like this knowing that you know i'm not quite sure how people will react and that's a question I've been asked uh,
2: time and time again, especially in the beginning. Uh, you know, most of my friends and family and people who knew me in the business community were very skeptical about the concept. But uh, somehow, when I used to walk around in the secular supermarkets, the non coach supermarkets, I felt an experience... That secular non-kosher people are feeling, and I was thinking to myself, how come no one in the kosher community, which is not affluent in general, but, you know, some of them well off, and even, you know, middle class, most of the kosher community, middle class, why don't we have that experience? And somehow Hashem gave me this place, it came up, Uh, Somebody offered me this place and just like right when I saw it, even though it was a rundown place, uh, something, you know, came to my mind and I said, you know, we can do over here a beautiful kosher market that's going to change the way people perceive shopping, kosher food shopping. And then uh, once I decided on doing that, I just went forward uh, with my concept, I went forward with the business plan and the most important thing that I was trying to do is making sure that everybody who comes in here doesn't feel overwhelmed, but just feels good. That means you don't, you know, you don't want to feel that you're walking into Bergdorf Goodman right. that everything is overpriced. Everything and is reasonable. You can't touch anything. Everything is read. The staple items are reasonably priced, and the gourmet items are a little more expensive. So. The thing is that we have, the great thing about pomegranate, it's not made only for the rich consumer. It's made for the everyday consumer. All the staple items that we have, that we sell, are sold in a very clean atmosphere, customer-friendly, so everyone who comes in there can shop, find themselves, that they can get go out as
0: satisfied customer. Would this have worked anywhere but in the center of Flatbush? Uh,
2: that's a good question. I think that's hypothetical. I think in order... Uh in order for this to work, you need to have parking. So because a lot of, you know, in order for a big store right. to basically cover their expenses, we need to do volume. Large consumer base. Right, large consumer base. So we need, to, we need to have a big parking spot. And we need to be exposed to the consumer, not only of Flatbush, the right. whole tri-state area. We have, uh, you know, a big percentage of our consumers are people from Manhattan. Where right. Because you're
0: Because you're a destination.
2: Correct. There's not a real good supermarket in Manhattan. There's other supermarkets in Brooklyn and other parts of Brooklyn, not like Pomegranate, but in Manhattan you really don't have anything, in Staten Island, in Seagate, in Jersey, and it gravitates to a lot of people from Brooklyn as well because the service that we give, usually the experience that they have, nobody else so far has managed to duplicate. Right. Well, so you've been
0: trying, but... Uh, right. I mean, you have a, you, there's no question that you've led to a lot of imitation. Yes. I mean, and, I, I, and by the way, I think it goes beyond kosher food. I think there's been pomegranate imitators even in other, other industries in our community.
2: I would say this. I'm very proud of the fact that not only the pomegranate customer has a better shopping experience. I think uh, pomegranate was a wake-up call for all The kosher community, food shopping, everybody saw and the need that the kosher consumer has to elevate their cleanliness, the stores, the way they put out the stuff, the way they service the customers used to be. Uh, quite bad six years ago. Used to go into a store, you know, there were barely lights, and uh, the, the cashiers would do you a favor that <laughs> they would serve you. Now it's the other way around. So uh, I think every consumer, even though the one there are not shopping at Pomegranate, benefits from Pomegranate, and I'm very proud of that, and I'm very happy for that.
0: Abraham Banda is here. We'll talk about OHEL in a minute. November 23rd, he's being given the Community Partnership Award uh, at the OHEL dinner. One of the first notice thing six years ago was you insisted that nobody ever wait online and everyone thought that that would you know disappear after a couple of weeks this whole attitude but even with massive crowds and even erev yuntif, you've kept that commitment to get people in and out as fast as possible
2: yes that's that was one of the things that uh, i feel myself i always when i walk the store and when i do things i look at myself as the consumer And I myself have no problem going into any shopping store, food or non-food, and schmoozing and looking around. But once I come to the register, I want to be out. I don't want to stand there waiting there more than a minute or even less. I want to be served right away. So I've been working very hard that we have enough staff at the registers. We always push everybody out as fast as we can. We unpack them. We make them feel that when they're ready to go, you're out of here. So that's something that we've been working hard. We've been successful at it. And I think, um, you know, people are trying to imitate that. And some successfully do give that service. Some, you know, are still struggling with it. But uh, we kept that since we're open. And I made a promise to myself that as long as I'm going to have pomegranate, as long as I'm, I'm going to be the owner and stay here, I'm going to make sure that... Every single customer gets the best experience possible from the valet to the cleanliness of the store to the atmosphere to the lighting to the way the products are set out and, of course, to the way we check them out because usually it's the last thing that people remember the best. And uh, so that's why um, you know we were successful in doing that. And I think uh, people have become accustomed to that as normal. You don't have to wait in line, no matter how busy it is, and whether it's before Yom or after Yom Are
0: there plenty of people who never walk into the store through delivery? Are they pomegranate customers and they never walk in?
2: We have deliveries, but most of the people do come into the store because the store p- provides an experience. So some people, even if they're not in the mood of shopping, they're just in the mood of going out. We have Thursday night couples; they just walk <laughs> the store, going and it's a, it's a social experience. You meet people, you get tastings over there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on there, that it's not only a place where you get your food and go, it's a place to uh, convene and to, um, now that couldn't to have been enjoy. Now, that
0: couldn't have been in your original plan, that, well, was, that, that there'd be a date night at Pomegranate. There's no way that was in your original plan. Okay, but, uh,
2: well, what we did is we tried to create an experience that everybody should be, feel welcome and happy. It's also an interesting in Pomegranate that in the, most of the stores you have a certain clientele. It's either a very right. Hasidish, very right. Litvish, very Yeshivish, right. very modern. Appeals to a group. Appeals to a group. It's interesting that you come in at Pomegranate from uh, you know the very Hasidish, from the Yeshivish, to the Litvish, to the modern, to the secular. Everybody over there feels comfortable. They don't feel out of place. It's like It's like everybody's store. So that's also a way that we created the
0: environment that everyone in the store feels comfortable. In the retail world, it's almost impossible to maintain what you're able to provide at the beginning, right? And that, that's a struggle, I guess, every day. You have a large staff, and complacency can set in. It must be a tremendous challenge. And by the way, good comparison to OL, must be a, a tremendous challenge to keep up being number one. You know, as every week and month goes by.
2: That's very hard. It's, I agree with that. That's actually the hardest part right. that we have. That and it I comes assume you have a me. very large step. And the, st- and the way we approach things, and my concept is always pushing up. That means even though we're number one and we're way, way better than the number two, we are never happy. We're always looking to make things better. We always try to be innovative. We always try to be creative. And then if you go sideways, you always fall down. You need to push up uh, just even to keep sideways. We push up as hard as we can. And that's something we're constantly struggling with. Like, uh, you know, every business has its struggles and right. uh, we're doing the same.
0: If you, if you, you, you must have people surrounding you who are as passionate as you are. Otherwise, it's impossible to do this right
2: i i i'm proud with the staff that we have Uh, everyone in pomegranate has the vision and the passion that we have the people i usually hire uh what they 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 agree with the vision they like pomegranate they enjoy working there and you know once they get bored which happens you know they move on and then we get other people that are passionate and uh and they're very very uh customer-friendly the way we are. And the most important thing is when people come to work, they should enjoy their work. They should believe in pomegranate. They should believe in delivering the customer experience every day, to wow the customers every day, and to try to do better every day.
0: So when new supermarkets open, and it's obvious that they are, again, trying to either imitate or match your success or however you want to put it, it makes you feel, how would you say it, makes you feel great, makes you feel... Yeah, you know, uh, that that your vision has in fact come to fruition.
2: No, you're putting me
0: in a spot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it
2: makes me feel a lot of things. But,
0: but there is some downside. But, huh? uh, but let me. I,
2: I, I, I will. I will be honest. You know, of course, competition. Nobody right. actually. Nobody welcomes it. Nobody right? welcome. No, no business welcomes competition. But overall, I think competition is very good for business because if there wouldn't be competition, I would get more complacent. Right. Like this, I am more vigorous, and Baruch Hashem, I can say our sales. And our customer base has been there and only improving. And, uh, you know, I'm constantly uh, trying to make things better. And there's no doubt that every day customers come in and tell me, you know, they try to make me feel good. It doesn't really make a difference because I don't try to look at what everybody else does. But they constantly keep telling me, you know, uh, no one is close to pomegranate. They've been trying. It's a good try. But uh, they don't get close to you. So... You know, from the other side, I feel uh, very happy about that customers are getting uh, a better experience, even though, you know, they're not close to us and they can't, you know, come shopping. Not everybody has a car
1: right. and We
2: can travel so far. So, um but, uh, you know, I would say that overall... I'm very happy with, with the company. I'm very happy with the concept. I'm very happy with the way things are going.
0: Um, uh, if we're being honest, and I know you are, obviously, but I'm, I'm so curious about this perspective of yours, and please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just so curious about it. When you stand in your store, of Rosh Hashanah, and you see people buying these exotic fruits that you've brought in, or now it's going to be Hanukkah, and you'll certainly have some, what some people would consider outrageous items, right, different than a lot of other stores. Or when you're standing in your meat section, and you have certain meats that are, what, what, what do we call them, very prominent? <laughs> How do we refer to the really, really high-end stuff that you sell? Oh you turn you, the gourmet food. Okay, the so gourmet food. Do you sometimes say to yourself, my gosh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of disposable income in this community? There's a lot of... I don't know, desire that people out there, you know, in our community just, just want the best or are looking for the best? What, what do you think as you see those items being purchased in your store?
2: I do feel that, uh, you know, fortunately, right now, when we opened, uh, we, there was hard times. 2008, right. you know, when Lehman Brothers time, closed, huh? there were tough times still. We were able to cover ourselves and to thrive and to grow. At this point, I think, you know, the real estate market has been very hot. People are, the customers that come in here are, you know, much more well-to-do than five years ago. So people want the best. There are people who can afford it, and they want the best. And if they want the best, I want to be the one who's going to sell them the best. Mm -hmm. I don't... Thing. there is you're, not ma- op- you're
0: not making them buy the best, but you want to be the one to offer the best. Let's put I it that right? I, I want
2: to offer no, them the best. Right. And what Pomegranate is about, what I found at this company, it's about giving the best to every consumer. Even the consumer who is not affluent, right. the low class consumer, the middle consumer, the staple items that we sell we very competitive with other stores, and we give them a better service. That means they can get parking, fast checkout, a clean store, wide aisles. They don't bump into each other, the selection, the variety, and the friendly people on the floor. So, but, you know... Meat. Let's assume we have a a full service showcase of meat that uh, you know people come in that have been around the world and they've never seen that even in a secular store. The meat that we have is unparalleled. The way we cut it, the way we choose the meat, the way we present the meat, even the regular meat and the full service in the self service showcase, everything is a notch above. So what we do is we provide quality, and if people want quality and if people are ready to uh, pay a few extra dollars for something. High-end, we have it, and we provide it to them. And I think, uh, you know, they say that um, you can see by us in the community food. In general, it's a Jewish culture. It's every Shabbos, every Yontev, mm-hmm. everything. It's all turning around food. And, you know, you know, the Talmud says, the Gemara says that anything you buy for Shabbos is not included what they give you Rosh Hashanah. Right. It's extra. Right. It always says, like on Shabbos, you should put the best food on the table. Like the story with the fish, with mm-hmm. Yosef Moyka Shabbos. Mm-hmm. He was like, all week he saved money right. for the best fish. So what we believe is to give the best product out there. If Somebody wants to grace their Shabbos table with the best food, the best fish, the best meat, the best any takeout, or the best dips, the freshest, you know, from every, we have it for them. If they can't afford it because they have kids in yeshiva or they have not that much income as they would, we sell, you know, whatever the other grocery sells at the very competitive prices. It's not like the whole store is very expensive. We Understood. have the expensive items for the people who want it. And we do believe that it should be there, should be should be out there for people who want to
0: grace their shop's right. tables, their Yontiff tables, with the best that they can get. And I know we have to talk about the dinner, which we will, but I'm just so curious about some of these things. It it it, it, it. confirm the following for me with an explanation. It is effective. To place a print ad in a newspaper that is only the image of a piece of meat. That is a, an effective way to reach the consumer. Because, you, because many of the announcements, many of the ads that you put in newspapers, frankly, are literally images, right? Literally images of a piece of meat, a piece of fruit, a uh, you know, whatever it is, that time of year, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, this is something that you revolutionized. I don't think people were doing that type of advertising before you got into the business. Is that accurate? Yes, but are you asking or are you saying? No, I'm asking. I want you to confirm it for me. I want you to say to me, you know, it may seem, I don't know, a little bit out there, a little bit different, a little bit ridiculous to a degree, that I'm just putting a picture of one item in the paper, but you can't imagine, Nahum Siegel, how effective that has been for our company.
2: Okay, so um, I'm going to talk in general about my advertising program, my marketing program. Mm -hmm. So from, from the start... When we started marketing pomegranate, I wanted to make sure that the ads that we present to the public mirror images of what the store is. It's exactly, it shows an image of what the store is. That means it's high-end, it's intentional, it's classy, and it's professional. So we did a lot of different ads. Some of them were images, some of them were educational, some of the ads were text. They all have a different kind of impact. I think the consumer will tell you what's effective and what's not effective i have been you know loaded again and again and again for our marketing program. I think a lot of people which don 't live in New York they never were at pomegranate know about pomegranate right. and they look at it just from the marketing program that we 've done that 's true uh, so you know images are effective. I think images are very effective because that talks to the subconscious when you read something okay you read it that 's it an image a picture goes in and it stays in your brain right. so but It also has to be done right. just like images, just like that, doesn't do the job. So our marketing program in general, just like our store concept, it's cohesive together. It's everything, it's like one big package, uh, giving the community something better. And believe it or not, it's not only the consumers that have been... uh, Happy with... Uh, benefiting from... Right? Benefiting from pomegranate. It's also the newspapers.
0: <laughs> every single true. newspaper
2: and magazine <laughs> says that since six years ago we started the program, their revenue has increased substantially <laughs> yeah. because... all they
0: have the ads from every supermarket. <laughs> all the
2: ads the supermarkets used to make were specials. They were right. just putting in 99 cents, 69 cents, but right now you have... Uh, you can open every magazine and you'll see a whole bunch of ads from a whole bunch of different supermarkets right. in that color. are going
0: into footprints as pomegranates, right. which is also very good. Abraham Banda is here on the, as we drifted to the oil conversation, on the subject of philanthropy. You have, in addition to this revolution in terms of uh, business in our community, you have made some high profile commitments in the world of Jewish philanthropy over the last few years. Um, would it be safe to say that, again, looking for others to follow in your footsteps, you've, you've stood up, and I mean this literally because we've seen the video, you've stood up and made major commitments to different Jewish causes. Again, based on what you're saying, it sounds to me it's not just to support a great cause, but also to show people, hey, if you're in the business community, doing nice work in the Jewish community, you should be out there helping support Jewish causes. Yes, and that
2: also that was also one of the things that when we started, uh, we made a commitment that we're going to give back to the community. Uh, th- the income that we have is from the community. There's a lot of people that go out and make money in the city with, right. uh, with nothing to do with the Jewish community. The income that I have, the people that pay uh, my employees' checks and my checks and that support me is from the community. So I felt right away... That you know i 'm not waiting until they come i 'm just going to just like up front give a deposit and make sure that every single person knows. And understands that when you make money from the community, you make money in general, but especially from the community, giving back is a big part of what we believe in. And that's the whole concept of pomegranate is basically, it's, it's uh, of course, every business about making money. But first and foremost is giving the best experience to the customer. And the same, t- the same at the same time, is the community that supports you should get something back from us and should benefit from the fact that we're there.
0: You have evidence that people have followed you in the business world. I hope you have evidence that they've followed you in the world of philanthropy as well. I'm just okay. hoping that there are others who have gone ahead and made that type of commitment. How many, how many people from uh, OHEL, oh the world of uh, the great work they do with people who are uh, who have some disabilities etc how many are with you in Pomegranate this time So
2: at the same at the same time that we are giving back to the community I think something that's very important and something that touched me that people with disabilities and uh, no fault of their own you know hashem has chosen unfortunately they should be disabled and what we try to do is we try to make them feel like regular people I think between four and five people that work now Uh, in Pomegranate that are residing at Hask or Ohel. They walk the floors. Customers like them. They work in the kitchen. They work in the office. Uh, Whoever is capable of doing any kind of work, uh, we are hiring, and we pay them regular wages—not uh, high wages, but right. minimum wages. But it's not—they're not just there walking the floors they're doing and work. keeping them busy. We, they're doing work, and they get taking home a paycheck. And I think that's important, and that's also to show other people that they understand that you should get closer to people with disabilities. That they're also normal people, and they need to live, and they need to work, and they need to have. A, try as much of a regular lifestyle as they could, and we should all help them. And I think that's very important, and that's also a part of giving back to the community and giving giving back to people who are disadvantaged or not as lucky as we are.
0: Uh, David Mandel, you and the people at OHEL are um, uh, honoring Mr. Abraham Banda on the night of November 23rd uh, with a, an ex- a wonderful list of honorees uh, for that evening. What are your thoughts as you hear about... Uh, as you hear this conversation about being different, being different in the world of business, being different in the world of philanthropy, and being different in how one's attitude is toward those with disabilities.
1: I've heard so many things this morning, beginning with that you and Stacy have a place to go to for anniversary. <laughs> walking around Pomegranate. A little
0: walking tour of Pomegranate, huh?
1: <laughs> I'm listening to Mr. Bander, and I'm thinking, uh, here we are on the radio where words are your business, Nachum. And we're talking about one word, uh, pomegranate, and one word ohel, and one word nachem in the Jewish community. And one word has changed the world in many ways. I'm, I'm thinking of Apple, thinking of Nike, thinking of Google, I'm thinking of Microsoft. And I'm listening to Mr. Banda speaking about one word, pomegranate, and how it's changed the world of Jewish industry. Yeah. Of, the whole? of food, of service, right. of premier service. It's just one word, and it, it's really made a difference. And so far, for the last 20 minutes, it's been my best show because I haven't said anything. So
0: <laughs> I got um, carried away <laughs> with my analysis I'm, of pomegranate. I'm, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> Mr. Pom, um, Mr. Pomegranate, Mr. pomegranate <laughs> talks about the uh, business of the experience of being different. He has a few individuals with disabilities working there and, and, um, Hani is an example who lives in, um, in an apartment in Ohel and, and works at Pomegranate is just so excited. Um, we were speaking before we got, we got on air and, um, she met him yesterday and, and Hani just doesn't say hello. She (laughs) really, she's exuberant and she's so happy about. We have, we have dozens of individuals at Ohel who work. In many different places, we have, um, individuals with, uh, mental illness who are accountants, college graduates. I was speaking with Vachela Witter, um, who's talking about, um, individuals who love animals and they work in a pet store. Um, this is a person who's, um, who loves food. He's a diabetic. So he can't be near food. So he does entry level for, um, a, um, for a wholesaler. So he's near food but he 's not touching right. food because it 's safer for him, right. so we work very hard to place individuals in the job that makes sense for them, and like mr Bander says it's a, they pay they pay a wage they have an opportunity to interact with people, so it 's very exciting the The night of november twenty third at the Marriott honors Mr. Banda for what he 's done for the community, his relationship with ohel, the fact that he employs people with disabilities, the fact that he's uh, a person who's done tremendous chesed for the community and a role model for other employers to consider doing exactly what he's doing, which part of Ohal's motto is first class or no class. It's exactly everything that Mr. Band talked about. Yeah,
0: one of the things you and I always talk about, is that the biggest problem you have being number one in your industry is that there's only one place to go. <laughs> and to maintain that number one status year after year is very difficult. Yeah, Mike
1: Shulman always talks about it when, when uh, we continue to be um, just a premier organization, the foster care agency, um, and we will rank number one right. by New York City Child Welfare Yeah, real rating not
0: just a tagline. Mike says it's
1: great to be number one. I don't want to hear you be number two. Number right. two is good, but it's not number one. Correct. And Mr. Bander is number one, and he's maintained. That was a great question you asked him. How do you avoid complacency?
0: Very difficult. Very difficult. And you have the same situation. You want to make sure you keep your staff as motivated as possible.
1: Organizational culture, Nachum. Right.
0: You keep at it. Only way to do it. And 24 hours a day.
1: This is just 24 hours in a day? It's just 24 hours. I don't think Mr. Bander will tell you there's just 24 <laughs> hours in yeah, a day. Yeah, he may not
0: have it. Uh, by the way... Um, You've been honored by organizations in the last few years. You've been honored by different organizations. Um, A lot of people pride themselves on avoiding being honored. Can I assume that because of this example, that you like to set for others, uh, in the world of philanthropy, just like the world of business, you don't necessarily... Give people a hard time about being honored. And maybe you'd give a word of encouragement to those who give people like David Mandel and other organizations a hard time that it's not such a bad thing to lend your name and help support a good cause.
2: I've been, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not so excited about being honored because I don't like the publicity that much. Uh, In the beginning, it's okay, but I think it's, you know, going sometimes overboard. So when Mr. Mandel came to me and said, I want to, I want you to be honored, I was hesitant because, you know, my name is coming out, you know, I'm a private person, I have a family, I don't need to constantly be in the news and in the headlines but he explained to me that we don't we want you not so much because of your money we don't want you be we want you because we think it's a great thing it's a great connection and it's going to help all hell it's going to help the community and it's going to get other people to think differently in a positive way so if I can be an example for other people and I can help out, I'm gonna look away at my privacy and, uh, the thing that I'm not so comfortable being constantly honored and being in the headlines or in the public. But, uh, for the, you know, the good, For the greater good, which is basically making other people do the same and other people to be an example, I think um, you know I I would do it, and I think I have an obligation to do it. People know me. People look at pomegranate as something different. I think it's and anything positive can come out of it. Then uh, you
0: know I'll I'll go along. I think it spurs people on. I think it spurs people on especially when they uh, you know want to follow a success. Yes, David.
1: We have a we have a, a program at Oval called Sib Shops. Right. Um Sibling.
0: Right.
1: Sibling Shops. It's a program in which um, the brothers and sisters of those that have disabilities participate in discussion groups. Literally sit in circles and talk about what it's like to have a brother or a sister with a disability. Five-year-olds, eight-year-olds, twelve-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds. Ellie Libin, uh one of um Oh's board members, yep. forced the parents, he and Susie, for many years, facilitate one of the workshops. Irving Langer, one of our board yep. members, employs an, an individual with disabilities, and Mr. Abraham Bando has been a supporter of SipShops for for many years. And what does it mean to individuals? Literally hundreds of, of boys and girls, adolescents, young adults. Harvey Kaylee participates in SIP shops together with his brother Marvin. And people certainly know the word, the name Harvey and Gloria Kaylee from Cam Kaylee. So Harvey is, uh, is a young man who's, uh, I don't know, a decade or two or three older than you, Nachum. He's a SIP shop And he participates in SIP shops talking about what it's like to have a brother with disabilities. And, and and um, Mr. Band and Pomegranate have been supporters and sponsors of ship shops for a number of years and have touched the lives of hundreds of individuals and made a difference.
0: Well, there you have it. Abraham band I, oh, oh, I just want to make one more point that,
2: um, you know, when um, it was known when they put an ad in the papers that I'm going to be honored at OHEL. I have a very close friend of mine and uh, the Hasidic community that has a kid that um, is disabled and he called me up and he thanked me saying that nobody knows what Ohel hell does and you know it's not something you can see in general the general population they know you know that they in general take care of disabled right. children so I have a disabled children that I have a disabled child it's very very difficult in the house for every year, for two weeks, they have volunteers coming and picking up the child and taking care of the child. I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but he was raving about Ohel and he thanked me so much. And that alone was worth for me to just to hear from that uh, per- individual person that has the disabled child how happy he was and how we appreciate it was for so that alone was worth to be um, the honoree at Ohel. Well, so said. I thank you very much, David, for giving me the opportunity. I think it's. Uh, I'm very touched, and the more uh, you know, I see organizations helping out other people, the more I see that uh, that God has over here children that are taking care of their of His children in a very very positive way, and I've been touched. Time and time again, and the same thing, oh, Hell is no different. Been touched by them, what they do. They do s- tremendous, tremendous chesed to the community. It's uh, something that uh, no one understands. You can just talk about it until you actually use them. So I hope I will never understand it and never have to use them. So thank you again and for being uh, such a pillar and such a chesed to the community, David.
1: There's a million and a half uh, Jews in um, New York City and, and the tri-state area. A million and a half Jews. And I don't know what percentage of people that come to Pomegranate are, uh, are not kosher or not Jewish. I have no idea. But there's a million and a half Jews. And about 13% of people have some type of a disability. That's one in seven people, potentially one in seven people that shop at Pomegranate, have some type of a disability or have a child with a disability, one in seven people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of customers.
0: It's a bigger population than we think.
1: And that's one in seven people that are listening to this show that now connect a conversation. And I mean this literally. When, when you know, when they're shopping for that, for the meat, for Hanukkah, for the Sufganiyot of Shoshana... (laughs) Or for any day that they're coming for for the dips or anything else. I'm, I'm I mean this literally.
0: Don't forget the sushi
1: platters. <laughs> I mean, if we're shopping anybody, already,
0: everybody talks about what they like I mean, If we're shopping them, already, yeah. let's let's make the list the way it's supposed to be.
1: They now have that added perception about people with disabilities that you talk about, that you think about. That was a that was that story about your friend that has a disability that. That said to you, that opened up to you about his about his child, and that two weeks a year, he's probably talking about Ohol's end of summer camping program. Right. It, it uh, that was a, that was an important story. Thank you very much,
0: David. We'll see you on the twenty third, please God. Uh, Mazal tov to all the honorees, and uh, specifically this morning. a Mazal Tov to Abraham Banda, recipient of the OHEL Community Partnership Award. I thank you for being here this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you very
2: much, Nachum. Looking forward to seeing you again in
0: the future. I appreciate that, David. Thank you. We'll see you as well on the 23rd of November. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here on a special Tuesday morning broadcast at JM and the AM.